You're listening to Sky Blue Fans TV, proudly partnered by the Sky Blue Tavern and Dylan's Brewery, also partnered by Ivy Lucy Designs, CCFC Fan Store and Mr. Few Sky. For the fans, by the fans. Good evening and welcome to another edition of Sky Blue Fans TV. I'm very excited to be able to introduce tonight's guests. We're joined by the Sue Medlock. Katie Stafford, a.k.a. Blue Tick, <laughs> Lorna Bailey and Vic Minette, BBC CWR presenters, and the CCFC, Her Game 2, um, Ambassador Laura Hartley. Um, welcome all, and thanks for joining us. Hello. Thank you very good much. Good evening. Hello. Thank you for having us. Great. Thank you. Um, so we're obviously here today to talk about... Um, essentially Coventry City Football Club, um, our love for the club and what it's like to be a female um, supporter. So probably a good starting point is how we all, um, I suppose, fell enough with the club, got involved with the club. So if, if maybe we just go quickly around the group and have a, a sort of intro from that point of view and then we can just um, move on from there. So um, should we start with you, So how, how did you first sort of get involved in following the club? I, I was first taken as, a, I think, a nine-year-old many, many years ago by uh, a much older cousin to Coventry versus Spurs at Highfield Road. Um, and I just, that, that was my first experience. And I just really enjoyed it. We stood in the West End of all places. And then <laughs> when I went to senior school, when 11 years of age, just decided, I just was really, I used to play. I started playing football very young as an 11, like 11 year old. And I wanted to go and watch the football. So me and my little friend from school went to started going to the games um and pretty much from 12 years onwards i had a season ticket um just absolutely that was it i just went and just i just loved the thing loved the going just my sister came my brother came um i still go they don't particularly all the time but um i still go obviously and just fell in love with it from then so i've been doing it a long time now i think it kind of pretty much in my blood you know so yeah (laughs) love it cool what about you, um, Katie? Um, I had no choice in the matter, really. <laughs> so my mum and dad have always supported Sky Blues, both sides of the family, and that's how they met. So um, I was a pretty much a Sky Blue baby. So um, I think I had my first season ticket before I could talk, because clearly neither of them didn't want to not go. So they <laughs> wanted to just take me as well. Um, yeah, so I've supported them ever since. And... It's not been at all bad, has it, in my 22 years? So, um, no, that was, that's me, really. Cool. Uh, what about you, Laura? Yeah, so I um, lived around kind of a couple of streets away from Highfield Road. So growing up, I'd see all the fans going up and it was that kind of electric vibe that I fell in love with. And it was amazing. And me and my dad would go on to Teletext, a bit of a throwback, and look at the scores <laughs> afterwards um and yeah it was when it was when we were at the Rico I was about god I think about 13 13 14 um I first became a junior sky blue and it was something that me and my dad could do together um we always had my mum had always gone to a couple of games as well so again it's always been in the family um so yeah I started going up with my dad and loved it ever since and got into it and now my mum goes along and it's really good that I can now go with my mum as well and it's the three of us that can go together and yeah absolutely love it cool and what about you Lorna um so I was a uh swept up in 87 uh, falling in love with uh, (laughs) Coventry City Football Club so I was a uh at sort of primary junior school what you would call it a Billy was middle school is where I was at and um in 87 and um it was the whole buzz of the city. It was the sky blue ribbons tied to aerials. It was the sky blue dye in the fountains in the city centre. It was just the sky blue everywhere. And it was the whole 87 fever. I got completely caught up in that. We decorated the school hall and uh, it, it was just the buzz of the place. And it was just being swept up in it. And once, I mean, I was always interested in football, but that it was, and we'd always have it on the telly. Um, 
never went. It wasn't something it did, even though my dad was a massive Sky Blue fan. During the 60s, he was home and away on the on the Sky Blue Express and all that kind of stuff. And he was a massive Sky Blues fan, but it isn't something I did as a kid with him. Um, but 87 was what hooked me and I have been proper hooked ever since. See, I'm the only Coventry City fan in my family. So we used to watch football, but nobody actually followed Coventry particularly. And so I didn't go to my first game until 1993. So I sort of, um, we watched the cup final. I remember being all emotional about the fact that it was Coventry that won because I came on Coventry and I felt proud. But it wasn't until 93 that I sort of started going because I didn't have anyone in the family that sort of took me along to that. So, um, yeah, ever since then, been been hooked. Um, so what, what about you, Vic? Um, indoctrination, pure and simple. Uh, you know, when you when you're from Cov. By the way, can I just say first of all, anybody that says they were JSB at the Rico, instantly makes me feel hella old. <laughs> so, yeah, th- thanks, thanks ever since you got to that. But, Sorry about that, Vic. Yeah, that's all right, mate. I'll just I'll just sit here creaking quietly in the corner. Thank you, thank you very much indeed. It's 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 a, it's a Cov thing, isn't it? We're a one city club, so you get kind of swept along in in all of that so I had no choice I was taken to Highfield Road I was taken to I go and see the bees as well my dad sadly um was an egg chaser so he was dragging me down that route my grandpa made me watch boxing and cricket as well so my head was ringing with all of these different sports (laughs) but I think um you know playground right is where it happens we had the school was split into two factions at Howe's primary where I was. Um, it was Cov v Live every single day. And there was a, a little uh, group of, of friends of mine and we we played football very bad. I was always relentlessly hopeless, but a trier <laughs> and God loves those. And did I want to be with my mates on the Liverpool side or did I want to be with my mates on the Cov side? And that's kind of the, the final nail. I didn't start going up until the all the time so I went up with my granddad went up with my uncles but I started going up sort of regularly on my own with my mates in the same season that we um that we won the cup and so to start the season with me and 15 other people at the occasional midweek to find that snowballing to a point where we sold out for the youth team final um you might remember just you won't because you're not very old um but the the youth team final which was just before Wembley to look around Highfield Road and all of a sudden all of those people were there was just mind-blowing. What a ride it is being a Cov City fan. <laughs> but isn't it lovely when it's so sort of deeply entrenched in your family? We're Cov and that's why it's such a special club. Definitely, definitely. I remember the very first game I went to was um, Coventry v Leeds, the last game of the 93 season. And Coventry were winning 3-1 with about two minutes to go and then threw it away. Uh, so it finished 3 all, And I thought that was like an entertaining game and I just got the bug from there. But looking back, that really just also symbolised what it's like to be a Cov fan, the ups and downs in one game, just showed what it's going to be like for life really, isn't it? There's good times and bad times. We never make it easy. and um, But it's always fun. And um, met some really great friends along the way, which I think is part of it, isn't it? Like the sort of Sky Blue yeah. family is a big part of it. Um, obviously, looking back, do, do we think that it's changed much from a sort of level of female fans that are going now to, to maybe when some of us started back in the early 90s? What do you think about that? So, Oh, gosh, from when I started going, like I said, Vic, you're saying you're old. I get a, a concession <laughs> season ticket next year. Um, <laughs> so that's how old I am. Uh, yeah, so it's, in those years, it's changed massively. The amount of females, both young and old, and what I really think is great now is the amount of kids that are going Young yeah. girls. When we went to Leamington a couple of weeks ago, you know, for the pre-season friendly, um, I was looking around standing and there was girls, young girls there in full kit. And it just makes my heart swell. It's just fantastic, isn't it? That was never a thing. I mean, I went as a young girl and there were very, very few of us. And over the years, it's got but the, the number of females going has got obviously bigger and bigger and bigger and to see young children young girls in the, their conversation tickets is just fantastic so i was literally at leamington a couple of weeks ago looking at them just thinking this is just superb and it's it's so it's so much better and hopefully it will just continue to get better you know the, the euros that are on currently i think is going to make it again even better this coming season i mean the crowds they're getting for that the people that are getting involved watching it it's, it can only get better, can't it? It's just great. It's so much better now. It is great, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think, I, I guess we were probably all lucky in so much as none of us have been discouraged from going. And 
Um, but it's nice to think that other people have that opportunity because it's such a big part of um, your life, isn't it? If you, if, if you fall in love with a football club, it's such a big part of your life. And there's, um, yeah, it's a really great, great thing to be able to take forward. And so it's great that more and more um, young girls feel that they can take part of that. And, and, and obviously this Her, Her Game 2 campaign is doing a lot of work towards that, isn't it? To make it better for everybody going forward. Um, Shall we have a bit of a chat about some of our favourite players then, uh, as we've been growing up? Let's, let's sort of go around and see who, who, who we'd like to uh, sort of when we first started out. So, um, say it same order, maybe. So, we'll start with you, sir, and who, who were some of your favourites when you first started going? Um, right from the beginning, <laughs> Tommy Hutchinson was my favourite and remains yeah. my favourite Coventry City player. I think blessed to have seen him play. Um, and going through the years, Ian Wallace, Ferguson and Wallace um, in the late 70s were, yeah. were superb. I was all this talk that's going on a bit at the minute about current players leaving. I was gutted when uh, Kevin Gallagher left. I was gutted when Tommy Hutch left. I was gutted, you know, Ian Wallace, all of those. Um, and going through, Robbie Keane was one of the best players. I had the, oh, yeah. the, the, the you know, the um, opportunity to see his vision and his play was just so far ahead of anybody else around him. He was magnificent. We knew it weren't going to happen for a long time, but the the pleasure of seeing him for even for that season that we had him really was just fantastic. And all the way through now, um, current favourites, you know, the O'Hares, the Yokeras, the um, Kellys, the people that are the backbone of the team. So I've been really privileged to see so many people, but Hutchinson was my favourite and I think will remain my favourite forever. Oh, what about you, Lorna? I heard you just say agreed about Wobby Keane there. Is that, is oh, that yeah. your favourite? Yeah. It was. <laughs> I really enjoyed it. That that season was uh, fun. It was special. Actually, that was the that was the season I married an Aston Villa fan in 1999. So watching <laughs> Robbie Keane destroy Villa at Highfield Road in the November of that year was, I cannot tell you how much pleasure I got. And we'd already beaten Villa at Villa Park that season as well. It was an absolute joy. Uh, Robbie Keane, yes, 100%. I loved, I loved watching him. And there were a few of that. I suppose some of the 87 team really enjoyed um, because that was the time that I kind of really fell in love with, I suppose, the Sky Blues in that sense. And, and um, so the 87 team, definitely. And then for me, um, Robbie Keane, I loved, I mean, you were talking, Sue, there about the, the kind of discussions about people going. I think Dion Dublin broke, like, everybody's heart when he left us, so especially Darren Huckabee's, actually. He was absolutely gutted. So watching those two together uh, was uh, perfection. They were amazing. And I actually really, really loved um, watching Hadji and Chief. I used to stand in the West Terrace, yeah. and when those two were piling forward towards you, that was also huge fun. And then this current crop, I love them, all of them, all of them. <laughs> oh, definitely. What about you, Laura? What, what, what were some of your sort of standout players over the years? Um, there's a couple for me kind of in that, that era that I started going. So Clinton Morrison was a big one for me. I thought he was ace. He was just a brilliant all-rounder and you can see it now even in his punditry you know when he's on he's kind of bringing that out and whenever I kind of see him on the tv now I just kind of get throwbacks <laughs> to watching him on the pitch um it was just always class with the fans as well that was something um and then something else that was special and what Vic said about just being cov through and through was McSheffrey you know he yeah. absolutely bled through the club and watching him as well and you could tell that came across that was really special um for me to watch and yeah current players it is really hard to pick at the minute it is a solid solid team and I keep having the conversation with people in saying that this is a team that we haven't had this relationship for as long as I can remember genuinely this relationship that the fans have got with both the players the team Robbins all of the staff and the club is something that I, we need to hold on to because it's, oh, it's really special really, really, isn't it yeah, yeah it's something else at the minute yeah oh lovely yeah it's funny actually isn't it when you first start going I think you've always got a couple of favorite players even if they're never I suppose even if they're not the best players that you ever see it's just the fact you were attached to like you remember was the first go in. So one of the first players I ever remember was John Williams, like the flying postman, just because I remember going and he was flying down the wing. I thought, wow, that's amazing. And and so he's probably not like the best player I've ever seen, but it just always sticks in my memory as somebody from when I first started going. And I think um, 
then subsequently, like Lorna said, Robbie Keane was one of my favourites. Um, and I think, obviously, there's a lot of talk at the moment about Callum O'Hare going. And, and if he does, I think it'll be the most gutted I've been since when Robbie Keane went. That's the sort of level that I feel at the moment about that. But, um, yeah, what about what about you, Katie, then? What sort of players have stuck out, out for you over the years? I always judged as a child how good they were by how good their chant was. <laughs> <laughs> young and I used to take my two three lunch box into the family stands at Highfield Road. I used to love Dealey Adibola just because you could show Ooh, Adibola and it was great. <laughs> loved him. Um, Andy Wing, my fellow ginger man, um, had a bit of a, you know a bit of an alliance with him. Um, not just for what he did on the final day at Highfield Road, but um, he's definitely somebody when I was growing up I just loved every time you got to meet him at the Christmas parties, just loved it. In recent years, I think James Madison, you know, the, the talent from from Cov, um, seeing where he's progressed, and that did feel a little bit like heartbreak, didn't it, when he left, um, especially after all he did for the club in terms of keeping us up. But no, I think there's been quite a few. I'm with you, Laura, about um, Gary McSheffrey, especially because he came back twice. I feel like it just made us all complete. And then seeing Joe Cole in a cop shirt is something I probably never thought I'd see. I mean, he didn't really do an awful lot, but he scored a really good free kick. But to say, you know, to your mates at school, well, actually, Joe Cole plays for us was a bit of a win for us. Definitely, definitely. What, what about you, Vic? What, what sort of players have stood out for you over the years? Well, we're talking about heartbreak at players going, Terry Gibson. Yeah. When oh, yeah. he left, which is which is going back a lot, but that um, obviously in those days we relied on the uh, on the Covtel and the back pages for for news. And my nana had to break it to me, and she said, and she said in this broad Glaswegian accent, "Look at this, try not to cry," and the heartbreak. And then it was in Shoot magazine um, that week, which just made it even even worse. But early doors, I really loved Steve Greswich because I didn't know how to pronounce his name. <laughs> and again, in, in Shoot uh, magazine, when he was there as, um, as I can't remember how I used to pronounce it in my head, Ogrizovic or something like that. When he was, um, he was the sub, uh, subkeeper for Liverpool, wasn't he, underneath mm. Ray Clements. So I remember seeing him there and thinking, that's a funny name. And it stuck in my head <laughs> and it tickles me now. Oggy and I are, are, are quite good mates. And, and you know, he, every time he speaks to me and asks, you know, asks my opinion about something, don't, don't talk to me you're Oggy and you're my idol and it's amazing. But there have been so many, so many really great players. Um, so you mentioned Kevin Gallagher a little bit earlier on. What a classy player he was enormously. I loved Darren Huckabee. And I think, you know, one of my favourite matches ever was that Boxing Day classic against Arsenal. Oh, sort yeah. of stood right at the back of the old West Stand. Everybody was, it was rammed massive smell of cigar smoke which I couldn't get off me for days that wasn't me smoking them by the way <laughs> I don't know who it was but every time now it's really evocative if I smell cigar smoke I can see Darren Huckabee pulling Arsenal but we pulled them apart I think it was 3-2 in the end but they they sort of had two jammy goals and we absolutely we absolutely killed them and and sort of recently thinking about it I always had a really soft spot for uh, for shippers I, I think yeah. that it's that that yeah. one of our own thing and you, there is, you, they don't have to be the best players, do they? Mickey Jin, I loved him. They don't have to be the very best players. There's just something about them that that captures your heart. And you know, they're just my mind. But Shippers really did. I, I was a little really, really gutted to see him go. Understand it, but gutted. No, it's always hard, isn't it? If you've got a particular affection for a player and they move on, it just. I mean, the club obviously have to be ruthless and move forward, but as a and the players obviously want to better themselves or, or get opportunities for game time. But just for us as fans, like you get attached to people and you don't want anyone to go. I mean, we can't have a squad of 100 players just because we want to keep everybody <laughs> forever. Just yeah, all, I'd, I'd still have Mick Quinn, roll him out, stick yeah. him <laughs> But so you said then, obviously, one of the games that sticks out in your mind was that 3 2 game against Arsenal. Mm. Um, what are the sorts of games that people really like look back on fondly or with, I mean, I suppose, or even badly? I mean, like sort of games that stick out in your mind either way. So you look, you look like you're ready to. <laughs> There's a few bad ones, isn't there? There's a definitely. Oh, no, I, um, I went to Sutton. I went to Sutton. That was a nightmare. But I was at the, that infamous Bristol City game. Um, oh, you know, wow. the, 
Yes, I'm that old. Um, standing right <laughs> in the corner between the sky blue terrace and the and the uh, cop, right in that corner. Uh, and it was absolutely rammed, that game. Uh, I mean, the crowd was ridiculous. Um, and, you know, we were winning. Again, it was Tommy Hutch, wasn't it? Got two goals. Mm. So we're winning. And then all of a sudden, you know, the score comes up from Sunderland, uh, Everton-Sunderland game. It, by this point, I thought it was 2-1. I don't know. But they, I mean, yeah. I mean, I've never seen a game finish the way that game finished with passes just going to anybody um but the crowd was just it was incredible um so i was at that game so that definitely sticks out uh but yeah certainly way fa cup's a bad memory that's for sure but a lot of good ones as well obviously wembley fortunate to do the, the whole wembley run apart from old trafford went to all of the games for the fa cup run um and the semi-final i think at uh, Sheffield Wednesday against Leeds I think was the game that I thought I kicked every single ball of that game I felt mentally and physically exhausted at the end of the game because just the sheer joy of getting to Wembley and in those days you didn't get to Wembley in the semi-final you got to Wembley in the final and that was it wasn't it Coventry City were going to Wembley and it was just incredible so I think that game I was convinced they were going to win it anyway absolutely convinced when we went a goal down in two minutes at Wembley, I turned around to the people around me and said, we've got, we're going to win this. I was just convinced. But the game, the, the semi-final was the one that thought, we're there. We've got to Wembley. It doesn't matter now. We're there. So that sticks out as well. So, but yeah. I think that, because um, I didn't go to the cup final in 87, like I mentioned before, I haven't got any Coventry City supporting family. So, um, I didn't go and I had no sort of um, way, way of getting to there in 87. So, it was really a dream for me to ever see Coventry at Wembley. I wasn't sure I would ever see it in my lifetime because we'd obviously weren't going in a very good direction. And I thought, am I ever going to say? So it was really a dream. So when we had that um, semi-final against Wickham to get to the um, Checker Trade, um, as it was, trophy in those days, I think that was the same. I, I, I thought, by the time that game finished, I felt like I needed an ambulance or something. <laughs> I was so stressed because it was just that dream thinking this we're like just this many minutes away from like the last ten minutes of that game. Just felt like they were going on forever, and I just was like, so I want to get to Wembley to see Coventry. It's such a dream to go and see like my team at, at Coventry. So yeah, that that was a that, that, that game will stick out in my mind as, as a good and bad thing because I wasn't sure I was going to survive it. <laughs> but yeah, but like you said, Wembley is just such a special place to see your team, and obviously we're lucky that. Um, They've won when we've been there, haven't we? So that makes it even more special, really. But uh, what, what, what's some games that stick out for you, Lorna? Oh, for me, I'll I'd probably go three, three at Villa Park. So the yeah. the Valentines, the, the two, should we do the good first? <laughs> no, actually, I don't know whether I do them in that order or whether we whether we deal with the, the relegation one. Let's mention the relegation one. That was the awful one. We were, yeah. I was with the Cough fans that day, and that and I don't remember much about that game apart from physical pain mm. and heartbreak, um, really, and just crying. And whoever mm. that was with the fan with the will meet again sign, ugh. um, that that game was just like <laughs> the worst one I, I, I think ever. That was horrendous. Yeah. But then if we go back to night, it was 98, wasn't it, on Valentine's Day. We beat them for the first time at Villa Park. I was at that game with my... We weren't engaged at that point. And I was having... I was terrified he was going to ask me. He is now my husband. We have been married for 20 years. But I was terrified. Do not ask me to marry you at Villa Park on Valentine's Day. Because I will, <laughs> I will 100% say no. Don't do it. But he did. Do you know what he did? He put a message up on the big screen at Villa Park saying, Lord... Billy of Walston, my truly devoted Villa fan. Oh, oh. I know. And people get coming up to me afterwards. It made the programme in Villa anyway. It was that that match I remember, obviously, because we won. Um, and then it was the 4-1 victory um, in 99, um, in the February of 99, earlier on as well. That that was sensational. Gary McSheffrey made his debut um, for the Sky Blues in that match, didn't he? Coming on as uh, youngest ever player it was at the time to make the debut. I think that's right, isn't it, for the, for mm. the club? But it was a... That was a fantastic atmosphere. That was a that oh, was, was a very special. It, yeah. So those are three games that sat. But then there are obviously there are loads of Checker Trade Trophy final and all you know all of those kind of moments that that kind of bind you in. But I'll go for those three. I was at that bit at the 4-1 bit again just behind the goal so every time I watch the highlights when Botan comes running over you can see me going mad in the background of, you know, <laughs> I love that and watch to see myself going mad all the time <laughs> but yeah um, 
Vic, what, what about you? Sorry, some, some In terms of bad ones, <clears throat> to mention one that nobody else has, Sue might remember it, but it was one of those, when the disappointment that you feel in the pit of your stomach, Elm Park, 1988, Simog mm-hmm. Cup. And I yeah. was convinced oh, yes. because we'd won the FA Cup the year before that we were going to get to Wembley again. And um, it was all fine. We were playing Reading and it would should have been a walkover. One all. And then we lost on pens. Didn't it, So you might remember this more. That, um, in, didn't it have a record for a match that finished the latest ever? Somebody will know more than me. It finished like a really absurd time of night. And I got into all sorts of trouble because we didn't get back until like whatever time in the morning it was, like three o'clock in the morning and then school the next day. I was an absolute mess. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm sure and I'm fairly certain that but it was because it was the year after the FA Cup then we were going to get to work uh, to Wembley and we didn't and that sort of heartbreak because I remember saying well it will be Luton in the final and we'll beat them because they're in the league below us so it's all going to be fine and then of course we didn't even get to Wembley and just that mm. that rage even even I can feel it now I can I can feel it I've, uh, <laughs> I've got down. the rage <laughs> <laughs> And yes, uh, um, and do you remember the FA Cup game against Sheffield United as well, oh, which we yeah. lost on the in the in the replay, which was which, and there was yeah that was just horrendous. Oh. But happy memories of the draw at Highfield Road. My mate Gaz that I used to go to the football with, sadly he's no longer with us. He was killed in a in a in a crash. Um, oh. So and I still have really mad dreams about getting stuck on Ball Hill trying to find somewhere to park and Gaz going, it'll be all right. And I'm like, mate, it's, it's three o'clock. And that was that match. And it still, it still comes into my head. We're in the traffic jam on Ball Hill. And I'm going, I can't park. He's going, but we're, it's fine. We're there. No, we're not. Just because <laughs> It doesn't mean we're not in the ground, but I always think of Gaz when I think of, the, of that game as well. People are almost as important, aren't they? Yeah. There was a, there was oh, a definitely. season ticket holder um, in front, in front of us in, in the West when I used to go in the West all the time. I'd love to know where he is. Michael Matthews, and my friend Shona was convinced she was going to marry him one day. Mate, no. Um, he and we knew him really well, but only by virtue of what he said to his mates and the occasional nod of hello. But we knew his name, we knew where he lived. It's funny, isn't it? How you pick up these things by osmosis with people that you just pretty much nod on to. It's a funny old game, isn't it? I think if you sit in the same spot for a lot of time, you do build up a sort of circle of Damn. associates. Really, like you don't really know them properly, but you see them. Like there's a there's a lovely old little man that comes and sits near me um, at, at like the CBS, and I was worried because he was there before we went to Birmingham, and I thought, oh, well, I wonder if he'll be back when we come back. And then the first day we were there, he came back. I was like, oh, the little old man's still here, and it's just lovely to see <laughs> him. And, and like you, because you just you get attached to the people that are around you, don't you? Just because they're part of your sort of football family, even if you don't really know them. Like we say hi. I don't. That's about as far as it's ever got. But it's just 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 nice to. to have he's that friends with around. you now, even though you've just said hi. That's the freaky that's thing it. because because you, and you see people in town and think I know you from somewhere. <laughs> ah, you sit four rows back. <laughs> but um, Laura, I don't think I asked you did I about your favourite games or, or did I? No, so no. there's a couple that I've got one good, one bad. That I'm going to go okay. with two, one of each. I'm going to go equals. Um, for me, the the best one, um, and again, this is linked to people that we spend it with, um, was the the trophy final at Wembley in '17. Um, that was really special for me. Um, we there was a whole group of us that went, um, family, friends, and my mum, my dad. And it was the first kind of I think big game that my mum had come with me to um, and then we had a family friend who passed away last year and she was with us as well so it's just something really special that I hold on to so much yeah. um, and those memories um, and when we were doing kind of the the promo for for her game too I was like she would absolutely hate it hate having her picture on Midlands today made sure I got it up there it was brilliant and that was at Wembley um so that holds a really special place in my heart um and probably the worst game is 2010 um at the Rico at home to Norwich in December and it was absolutely Baltic um there was the snow was ridiculous I think we were one of the only games to go ahead that day um 
but the snow was horrific and we lost 2-1. Um, <laughs> so for me, just freezing cold. I don't like the cold. <laughs> it was horrendous. And then to lose the game, it was just cherry on top of an awfully baked cake. It was terrible. So, yeah, that's probably my worst one for me. We do seem to have bad games when there's bad weather. I think that, and that always makes it worse, doesn't it? If you're like you're frozen for like 90 minutes and then cops just haven't turned off and you're thinking, <laughs> I wish I'd have stayed at home now. But you just can't, can you? Cause you have to be there and like that love's still there. But you just think, oh, oh I'll just frozen. I remember being at Portsmouth once for a midweek game and it just poured for like the whole game. Uh, I think it, it must have been in the late 90s, I think. And uh, it just pulled for the whole game. We didn't really turn up. We lost. I was soaked. Got back late. I had to go to work the next morning. And he was like, oh, dear. <laughs> They're the games, aren't they? They're the games. That's when the trips to Wembley and like the like the 4-1s against the Villas and the 3-2s against the Arsenal. So that Man United game that we haven't even touched Ooh. on. They're, they're oh, the sorts yeah. of games that make it all worthwhile, don't they? The special games that... Um, make like the bad days worthwhile and I always think that if you're one of these teams that um, like one of these fans that supports the team that always is winning you don't appreciate it the same do you that like we, we've had the bad times to really appreciate the good times haven't we yeah definitely but um so obviously we we've spoken about the fact that we've seen more more female fans around now and, and obviously the the benefit of the women's euros have we all been watching that have people been watching the women's euros it's been amazing it's been so good i've had goosebumps every time they've kind of read the attendance out and the first the the opener the england game i'm not afraid to say that i was so emotional like to hear those fans to see the fans was insane we only watched it on tv so god knows what it sounded like in the actual ground but to see the women as well afterwards and to see what it meant to them because they would have grown up obviously with minimal female support in the game there still isn't as much and obviously that's why um her game too exists but those girls must have really really felt something special that night because that crowd was just immense and they keep breaking records even for non-home country games and in the grounds and at Brighton and Hove and Wigan and literally every pocket of the country is seeing a benefit to this as well every pocket of the country that women's football might not reach and it's just I think that's really important as well I just was been watching the um, Netherlands game before we came on to to chat tonight, and um, I think that was another record for a non um, home nation team. I mean, the the the, the Dutch fans are just going crazy. I mean, they look like they're having a great time. But it's just lovely to see, isn't it? And it just feels like there's that sort of family friendly a- a- atmosphere where there's just lots of people having a good time, and um, all these obviously young girls that will be feeling like that's a career that they can take forward now. It's just, it's just great to see, isn't it? I think. Mm. Is there um is there much plan for sort of her game two stuff at Coventry next season yet though, or can you not really? We've got so much in the pipeline. So um I spoke to the club about two weeks ago, I think it was, um and we had a really good chat. Obviously, there's so many of the clubs that are involved as well, so we can pull ideas from from each other. Um, so it's only one conversation that we've had so far um so but things are rocking and rolling um obviously can't confirm anything yet but um yeah last season was a really good start obviously the female fans forum we do want to do that again um that was really successful um I do want to pull together obviously more female fans as well and have kind of those meetups that we can do together and especially if I kind of come down and you know Lorna wants somebody to go with you can join our crazy clan or we can go with Sue troublemaker over there and (laughs) (laughs) and it's those sorts of things that we want to carry on because obviously I I joined kind of it was gone midway through the season and we were kind of on that slope down to the end of the season so it was really hard to kind of do anything solid that would take a lot of work um because we were just getting ready you know we 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 had those playoff hopes um so it was really hard to kind of do anything solid but I'm really excited for the new season um 
there are so many conversations of so many different things that people won't think of but once they're in front of you they will think oh my god that's so helpful to a small girl or a teenager and yeah it's really exciting and the club again this goes back to the relationship that I was talking about earlier the club have just been incredible I genuinely cannot speak highly enough of how amazing and how supportive they have been with all of this and how much they are driving it as well it's really special oh that's really great to hear isn't it I think as well it does just feel like a really special time at the moment I mean that's just part of a whole package of things that just feel special about the club at the moment that they've that that sort of relationship between everybody it's just really a special time but so obviously that takes us into the new season so what's everyone's thoughts about um the new season how we're going to do sort of new players that have come in um should we start with you so um hopefully we we can at least replicate what we did last year i think you the thing is isn't that we we set our site we set our we did so well last last year. We we that we're, our expectations were up there, weren't they, for such a long part of the season? And actually, for us, staying in the division—I know it sounds a bit boring—but staying in the division is what we need to do, and we need to build each year. And if we can be better than we were last year, and whether that means we are pushing for a playoff place or top ten, if you can do that, first we'll stay up, obviously. But I think looking at pre-season games that I've seen so far. I know, and I know pre-season, you cannot take any, it's all about fitness, it's all about, you know, getting to the team to get into blend again, but they're looking pretty good at the minute, and if you can take that into the season, um, and hopefully keep at least two of the big three, um, if not all of them, who's, let's see what's going to happen in the next couple of weeks, um, you know, only we hope we could just build on that, uh, and yeah, let's let's hope for a good start. I mean, a good start at something would be just magnificent, wouldn't it, really? Um, so let's hope we can build on last season and, and let's go for mid-table at least, you know, and, and go from there. But I'm hoping for a... Just keep playing the way we play, keep that that style of football and I think only good things can come from that. I think that's the advantage we've got now, isn't it? We, we've built over a number of years now, we might well been staying and, and sort of building a, a, a sort of core cool unit of players that know how we play as a system and... And we're just improving gradually year on year. There's like an upwards trajectory. Mm-hmm. And it just feels like we're going in the right direction. And like you said, if that just needs to be like a bit better than last season, just keep on going in that right direction. And eventually um, we'll, we'll be in the right spot to hit the playoffs. And um, yeah, what, what's your thoughts on, on next season, Lorna? Um, I can't come soon enough. Um, <laughs> well, that's the first thing, yeah. <laughs> first thing. Um, especially on days like today, it's like super, super hot. It's like, surely the football season should have already started by now. It's been in like the end of August. Like, come on. Um, it, I, I suppose I've got that kind of uh, pre-season, a, a hurry up, but also the kind of nerves, especially with all the speculation that's going on at the minute around, obviously, Calamo Air and stuff you know like, I, I don't like that I find it really like I kind of just wanted to get started it's super unsettling and yeah. please stay don't leave but anyway and the Burnley um so it's all of, <laughs> honestly um and they playing claret and blue it's all just a disaster um, <laughs> I, I, I really I uh, so there's that so I suppose it's all at the minute it's like this, the, the team's not settled you don't yet know what business Mark Robbins will be able to do how they're going to fit together all of that kind of stuff in terms of hopes for the season I think they should be looking at top half of the table definitely otherwise it's going to be a disaster after last season and they should be looking to push for playoff places again that's what I'd like to see I think there's still for me at the end of last season there was a reservation that you you know as much as you want to be there at the you want to be in the Premier League because you want to be going and and playing Man United and taking on Chelsea and all of that kind of stuff but actually the fear for me was just getting absolutely tonked week in week yeah. out and it being yeah. completely miserable because you're not ready yet mm-hmm. um and the project that Mark Robbins is on is it's it, it's not completed to the point yet. I don't know that I've I've kind of I remember what it's like to get thoroughly beaten on a regular basis <laughs> there's no fun last yeah. season was a lot of fun and um, yeah, yeah eventually absolutely bring on the premiership but I I don't I don't know yet 
That's it. I think at the moment under Robbins it is fun, isn't it? But we did spend a lot of seasons where success was effectively just staying up, and that isn't actually a lot of fun, really, is it? Yeah. But um, yeah, we we definitely feel like we're going in the right direction. And um, what what about you, um, Katie? What what's your sort of um, hopes and feelings for the season? I'm pretty confident in a top six finish this season. Oh. Uh, <laughs> bold wow. statement, very bold statement. Watch it to bite me now. Um, <laughs> But no, I am. Um, but what I do think will be really interesting is it's quite a stop-start season in terms of having um, three international breaks, essentially, it's September, then the big break for the World Cup, and then back you've got another one in March. And I think we've been quite lucky because obviously Jokic has <coughs> travelling to the World Cup. Sad for him, but quite lucky for us. Um, and I think that, you know, last year with the international break, we had lots of injuries as well we just didn't have the squad depth and rotation to do it so I think that going forward this season he's strengthening in the right places and I'm looking forward to getting back up the CBS and um, having Saturdays back to normal really mm-hmm. <laughs> that's it it's supposed to be lost on a Saturday doesn't it when there's no football on although Lorna was obviously saying about the weather when we went to that Livington game and I was like oh yeah the football's back going to the, going to the football and it just pulled down I was like what's going on it's really sad <laughs> <laughs> but what, what about you Vic what's your um, hopes and sort of feelings for the season ahead well I have to say I agree with Katie I think that the we just didn't have the depth of the squad last year you could see that and there is so, the parachute payments thing creates such a disparity mm. doesn't it with the teams yeah. coming down, they've got such an enormous amount of money to spend and that automatically puts you at a disadvantage. And I think what we had last season was extraordinary momentum. And with Lorna, um, with Lorna a little bit, the uncertainty over what the squad is going to look like is likely to affect that. We, we sort of need some decisions to be made pretty quickly, otherwise it could have a huge effect at the start of the season. We've always been a selling club. You have to accept that. What you need to do is reinvest that money. And will we have time to reinvest that money prudently, given that the season's kicking off that little bit earlier this year? So I don't I don't know. I, I, I think top half of the table would be excellent. Any, anything beyond that, I, I fear, may be beyond us just a little bit this season, just while we reconsolidate. I think last season, like I say, it was just, it, it felt not, not a fluke, but it was almost like that the team and the fans all became one. It was really odd, wasn't it? Especially early doors. And there was that, the Mark Robbins time. Um, can we, can, mm-hmm. there was a lot of luck. There was an awful lot of luck, an awful lot of momentum. And to have that two seasons running, it seems like a big ask. So I'm with Sue, let's stay up and top half the table. That would, uh, that would do me and push on from there. It feels like it's almost not a rebuild, but there's going to there's going to have to be a look at the at the squad at a whole as a whole again because if the big three haven't gone by the start of the season, I'd be very surprised if all three of them are still here at the end of it. Hmm. Yeah. So I know it's sad. I know it's heartbreaking. Oh, definitely, definitely. I think, like you said earlier, the, the trouble is that these days, like back in the day, you mentioned about when Gibson left and it was on the back of the Telegraph. These days, we're not helped by social media, are we? Like everything is oh, just geez, like no. scrutinised, like the ninth degree. It's like... going all round tonight, isn't it? Like yeah. all round tonight, it's like head and Monday morning. It just give it a rest, please. Mm. Just mm. bring the back pages back where that's how you find <laughs> out. And that's it. yeah, I mean, as well, I think people forget that most of the squad are babies. They're so young and with the rotation as well, like last season, we weren't, we were really unlucky with COVID that we just didn't have that kind of, we had that pause around December and we'll have that again, like Katie said. And worryingly with Kelly going out as well with Mm. the same hamstring, Mm. he's probably one of the most experienced that we've got. And it's a real worry that he's going out again. Um, so we kind of don't really need all the rumours going round at the minute. <laughs> It'll scare us even more, put us on our edge, <laughs> put us on the edge of our seats even more, and not in a good way. No, I'm about to come off this evening. I can't cope with it anymore. No. <laughs> but, so, who, who, 
sorry, I wasn't going to say, in, just in terms of that, that kind of, that negativity, some of the positivity though around on social media, it was fabulous to see all the love for Jodie Jones after. Yeah. Oh, um, that was amazing. Else. So that, I mean, it, it isn't all bad, is it, over on um, hashtag play up Sky Blues, really. I mean, some <laughs> of it is, some of it is lovely. And actually, it was really lovely to see all that, especially for those of us that weren't there, just to be able to catch, you know, bits of, of the, especially at the end where he went over to see the Sky Blues fans and, get a bit of a a bit of a send-off so I mm. definitely appreciated being able to feel like you were able to get an insight into what what happened there definitely that is lovely isn't it I think that's the thing where we want the season just to start again so we can just get concentrating on like the enjoyable things about social media when you're chatting about like people have done a video of a goal celebration or something like that mm. that's what that's what you want social media to be about at the moment in the summer People have got nothing better to do than speculate, have they? So they're just like making stuff. We need and... take me back to videos of limbs. Um, yeah. <laughs> thanks. <laughs> right. Just, just one maybe sort of final thing then before we before we sort of wind up. Maybe looking back, back looking backwards again, talking about limbs. What's your favourite um, sort of standout goal? Maybe for, for like if we go around to, to chat about what a goal that stands out for us where we really enjoy celebrating it. So, Sue, I'm going to put you on the spot, first of all. Oh, Sorry. man. Um, <laughs> just, yeah. You've oh, got Huckabee. Huckabee's, Huckabee's got against Man United. Yeah, oh, I mean, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. Huckabee, yeah. Huckabee. Still Huckabee. Is, uh, that, that down, you know. Huckabee. Down, Huckabee. Yeah. That was something yeah. else, that was. That that really was. Are we all yeah. voting for that one? Is, that, would, the, is that the one? I think you'd go a long way to beat that, wouldn't you? You have to go a long way to beat yeah. that one, I would have thought. Um I'm just trying to think. I mean, so yeah, many of them. trick against Arsenal. Yeah, it, opening day, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah, that hadn't been done before. Yeah, the Amu at Notts County. That, yeah. That, yeah. Yeah. That's a good one. That's a good one. And when Jordan Willis, you know, I don't know what came over him inside. My head. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and another one that you've got to mention is Houchin, isn't it? Wembley. Oh, you, know, the diamond, yeah, yeah. you know, the, the best goal I think in an FA Cup final by Barnum and that's not just because it was scored by a competitive <laughs> player but you know it's an absolutely superb header isn't it so yeah the picture of that still goes around doesn't it the photo of it the amount of times I've kind of put through a story and you'll see one, that photo one of the there photographs that they lined Wembley Way with this year wasn't it when they put yeah. iconic yeah. moments from FA Cup finals and that was one of the ones and it was on a stamp wasn't it I think it was, they yeah. did some stamps yeah. that was on the stamp as well. So that just proves it must be. <laughs> it was Andy, Wings, Andy Wings at Highfield Road Highfield, as well, the last yeah. one. in the, the last one. Yeah. Well, there's, there's that photo of him then winning along the West Terrace, isn't there? Like, that's, yeah, that's a... Hands, yeah. yeah. Cool, yeah. As well, from being young, um, David Bell scored one just off the halfway line. Yes. Well, it's been like 2006. I hadn't long been at the Rico and I, I really, for this, I don't know who we played, what the score was, but I just remember looking at how on earth did he do that? He caught the, his line and just completely chipped it over. I don't think he ever scored one like that again. In fact, I'm not sure if he plays football anymore. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, to be fair, he didn't play very much when he was here, did he? But No. <laughs> <laughs> That, be, that makes me think of that Foggett goal. Was it against Everton where he like absolutely yes. like yeah. yeah yeah. Oh, what a good player he was when we were talking about brilliant players earlier yes. on. I yeah. forgot about Froggy. What a great player and had his career ruined, didn't it? Well, he did, ended yeah. far too early uh, by a horrendous tackle. Mm. But yeah, oh, yeah, he was a fantastic player. You're right. Yeah, we've been lucky to see some some cracking people really over the mm. years, haven't we? Yeah, yeah, but. Oh, it's been lovely to speak to you all this evening and thanks ever so much everyone for joining us and um yeah well we've all got a season to look forward to and get excited about and so hopefully hopefully we'll see you up at the cbs at various points over the season and away games and whatever but yeah so, so thanks all for joining um play up sky blues and see you all soon thank you very much thank you thank so you. much thank you guys okay Good evening, welcome to uh, Scarlet Fans TV again. Right, we're here to do the competition. Um, we have three great prizes up for grabs, uh, 50 correct entries into the hat, um, of which Miles has got a list in front of him and he's gonna tell me um, he's gonna tell me the winners as I put the numbers into the machine. 
the correct answer, by the way, was Jamaica. The question was, of course, our new signing, Casey Palmer, um, plays for which international team? And that is Jamaica. Uh, so we have 50 correct entries through Twitter, Facebook, and email, etc. Um, they've all gone into on the list. They've all been allocated a number. All the entrants have been allocated a number. The number is going to be put into the machine here, old Ernie, the machine, which I've got in front of me. Just there, look, I'll show you. For those who are watching, there it is there. Uh, we're going to put the numbers in, and then we're going to select three winners. So uh, good luck to everybody. Uh, here we go. So we've got 50 entrants. So it's number one. Here, the number. That's one. Enter. 50. Enter. Miles, if you collect, press that end button there. No problem, here this we go. The, this is for the third prize. Third prize, so it's a Skybury Fans TV mug. The best prize of the lot. Good luck, Skybury fans. And it's 40. Number 40, Miles, is who? Number 40 for the Skybury Fans TV mug is Dan Evans. Congratulations, Dan, who contacted us via email. Right, congratulations, Dan. We'll be in contact with you to get the prize off to you. Okay, next one, which is for the £25 bar tab at the Skyblue Tavern for food and drink. That's a nice prize. The winner is Miles. Number 26. Number 26 is Luke Spud, who contacted us via Twitter. Congratulations, Luke. You've won £25 to spend at the tavern. Mine's a pint of Sky Blue Army, and so is Ken's. And so is mine. Thank you very much. We'll be in contact with you very soon. Uh, to for you to collect the prize and the winning prize this is for new sky blues home shirt uh, now if you happen to have a shirt already we will give you a 50 pound voucher to spend in the shop so if you've already bought a, a top which a lot of fans have already uh, then we will give you a 50 pound so you can get your weight off or whatever you want in in the store so up to the value of 50 pounds so uh, you won't lose out there so anyway here we go the winning number for the sky blue shirt is Number 23. Number 23. Congratulations to James Gillard. He contacted us on Instagram. Well done. You've won the Coventry City shirt or £50 voucher to spend in our store. Congratulations to all the winners. There we go. Three winners. We'll have, we'll have all them listed up on all our social media channels very soon. So, again, um, the three prizes are... Mug. Mug and the £25 bar tab and the shirt. So all our winners will be contacted very soon. Congratulations to all the winners and uh, stay tuned to Scarborough Fans TV for a lot more competitions and giveaways over the next few weeks. And uh, hope that's over. We can't wait till the season starts um, a week on Saturday, can we? Play up, Sky Blues. Good night.